This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of a law. Nancy Street thing that we were nominated before uh, for and had no idea. Yeah, did you do any research on that? Did you hear anything about that? I, only Ming's tweet, and I'm like, okay, right on. Yeah, and that took place in Scotland? Oh, really? That's where that was? Holy shit. I think so. I just liked the name. Yeah. No, I like that too. Yeah, here we go. He was at the Edinburgh Comic Con. Nice. Uh, let's see who else was nominated for things. International writer, artist, colorist, newcomer, superhero comic, horror comic, uh, website podcast. Yeah, the, the lists are made up from nominations we most received and are limited to the top five when uh, there was more than five different nominations within the same category. Damn. Out of sheer professionalism, Hero Talk is taken out of the running to prevent a conflict of interest. So it was just us, I Sell Comics, Fat Man on Batman, and uh, Comic Geek Speak. All of show, or all of which are shows that I've heard of. Yeah. Good good company to be in. Yeah. Holy shit, Elsewhere Exchange is growing so big so fast, we're getting nominated for awards we didn't even know about. Yeah, I wish I'd known about it. I would have campaigned for it, or at least yeah, talked would, to the guy. Absolutely. absolutely, we would have talked. To, I have family in Scotland. Shit, if I want, I would have gone there. Right? <laughs> Or at least tell the family to go. Yeah, exactly. Here, accept this award on my behalf. Please. And cheer. Cheer when you hear the name of the show. Because, like, let me tell you something. Yeah, right. uh, I, we were nominated, uh, the whole channel was nominated for a Harvey Award. And uh, nothing like the deafening sound of, like, comic book professionals who are really annoyed that a YouTube channel mm. was nominated for anything. Uh, like, in a ballroom surrounded by your professionals and betters. In suits. When we were come, when we came up, and it was just like deafening silence. I'm like, wow, people are not happy. Next year, get someone to hoot and holler, please. Right, it was me. I was like, woo, <laughs> comic pop, yeah. yeah, lift up your lighters, yeah, woo. Hey, Mark Wade, I see you over there. Wave, <laughs> wave to me, Mark. Mark, I go wave to me later. He will not. <laughs> yeah. But he will talk to us occasionally. But he won't be like, I know you. He'll just be <laughs> like, I'll talk to you for a second about how great I am. Yeah. But, uh, all right, let's... let's do, you have a, do you have a list in front of you, or do we, are we just going off the seat of our pants here? I, I, have, I have a couple lists in front of me. Good. Ones, some I can talk more intelligently about than others. Right on. Well, all right, then. Let's, uh, let's do this, huh? Let us. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. I'm Joe. And... The Dream Team is back together once again. I like to mix it up, get a couple of fresh blood into the show, and just 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 try and get more people to be aware of the show and the channel it's, in general. 
It's it's working out as we said before we started there. Apparently, the Elseworlds Exchange is getting nominated for awards we didn't even know about. Thank you, Yancey Street Awards in Scotland for nominating us. Yeah, thank you, Edinburgh Comic Con for giving us a shout. Uh, and of course, thank you for to Ming Chen, our friend over at I Sell Comics, and of course, uh, AMC's Comic Book Men for giving us uh, giving us some kind of inkling that that was happening because we didn't. We hear about literally it. would not have known if not for Ming. Thank no, you, Ming. Yeah, it was a tweet, so we really appreciate it, man. Uh, um, of course, friend of the show. We'll see him again in the future. But uh, today's topic... Uh, uh, also, congratulations on winning, too, Ming. He won that. So that's right, he did. That. Yeah, his show, I Sell Comics. Good show. We've been on it before. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. It's on SoundCloud. Um, but uh, today's topic is going to be alternate futures, dark futures, if you will, in mm. comic books. Futures that we've seen that, uh, you know, because, like, there's so many after a while. You know, you, you like you, I remember, um, what's it called? On Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, it's not a dark future, but it's more like an alternate reality. Yes. They're showing the you like framework. a... Like a... Yeah, the framework is a cracked mirror reality of like, what if Hydra had taken over? Which is like, oh, I can't imagine a Marvel Universe in which Hydra took over. Especially not if I read like Secret Empire number zero today, which was fantastic. Um, but... You, you gotta give them credit for having all of that line up on TV and in the comics and everything. Marvel does good multimedia. We can complain about the content of their stuff and their business decisions, but they do good multimedia pushes. It's true. I gotta, t- I gotta say... I'm I'm impressed. And by the way, last two or three episodes of Asian Shield, probably best of the series so far. They've been really good. Well, I see, I, I've been carrying the torch for the show for a bit. I think since, like, the Ghost Rider bits from this season onward, they've been putting in some of their strongest work they this season. They clearly have learned their lesson, but they're building it off of the back of the continuity they've built. Like, you've got yes. several seasons of this show, which not ever, not every season was very strong, but at least they had really strong character moments, and uh, Definitely. you wouldn't be able to care as much if you didn't know these guys. My favorite thing about how S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing themselves now, and I think it's the way they've always kind of done it, but never given credit for it, very arc-based is what it is. You have the Ghost Rider arc, you had the LMD arc, now you have the Hydra World arc. You could really jump in and out as to whatever's interesting you. It's true. Uh, I know that two, that a good um, half, 50% of the comic pop uh, crew dropped off immediately after Ghost Rider. They were like, nah. I don't give a shit about your stupid robots! And I'm like, but that's the part that's more interesting! It's the thing we've been clamoring for since literally season one when we were all certain Coulson was an LMD. Well, since, Agent, since Avengers number one, or the movie, where Tony Stark says, you have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. What the hell? Yeah, which they did some great work in the LMD season explaining how he said that, but why they acted like LMDs were new. I take my hat off to the writers for that. Yeah, good way of, uh, that's you know what that is? That's true comic book writing. It is. And then we got an excellent episode built around Pat Oswalt and his extended family in the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Good for him. Um, I like he exists in that universe. Right? So, uh, okay. Uh, alternate futures. Marvel seems to specialize in alternate futures. They really do. Alternate past, too. That's the thing when I was researching this. Not only are there dark futures, they're dark, cracked, mirrored pasts, too. Yeah, yeah. Um... DC will give us glimpses of the future, but for the most part, they are limited to the characters that from, that are from there. I'm thinking specifically of the Legion of Superheroes yep. and their future. I'm thinking of Booster Gold and his future. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I think of that I'm like, ooh, dark, cracked mirror reality, alternate future that really is successful, of course, is Kingdom Freaking Come. 
There's an excellent one. It's the mic drop, I think, for DC Alternate Futures. Actually, I have one more, but I'll get to that way later. Um, I, th- I think you and I are thinking of the same we one. Absolutely we absolutely are. Uh, but, but Kingdom Come is... A seminal Mark Wade work. I think every time you talk about Mark Wade, you can't. He's inexorably tied to that work. Oh yeah. Just, to. just in as, as much as if you want to get a person into DC, I find that if I give them an alternate dark future version of the DC pantheon, they're way more interested than if I'm like, oh, just start with Superman or start with Batman. It's cool. They're like, no, I want to, I want to read like a, a self-contained story in which everything goes to hell and and everyone's unhappy. And I'm like, oh well, good for you. He's- is Injustice technically a dark future, or is Injustice like a dark now? Right, because I was I, I wanted to differentiate between like alternate realities. Because that's a whole show in and of itself. Like Earth Two or the Crime Syndicate and whatnot. Uh, the versus ultimate universe. Yeah, the Ultimate Universe versus alternate futures. Uh, I think Injustice gets to an alternate future in as much as time keeps going forward. But I think it's more of an alternate reality because when right. it starts, it's Inception. When you when you pick up the video game or the first comic book, mm-hmm. you're you're immersed in. It's not like Batman is ten years later and he's tired because he's That's been fighting true. Superman for a decade. Like no, it's it's about what's happening now and now all the heroes are in their prime. So I think that's an alternate reality. That's that's good. You know what? I would actually I would substitute Injustice then, and I would put in the Justice Lords future oh. from Batman Beyond 2.0, which goddamn Kyle Higgins and uh, what is it? Uh, Christopher, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh God, he wrote Daredevil too, the TV show. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, I don't remember your name. His name. Uh, no. Uh, Christos Gage. Christos Gage. Oh, okay. <laughs> did amazing work in those digital Beyond comics. It's a shame they're just sitting on the shelf now. Yes. Yes. No, they are great. Um, but I love I love Kingdom Come. I recommend it every time. Um, and what's great is it seems like a dark future, right? But then at mm-hmm. the end, in true DC fashion, it ends with a ray of light. Everything turns out kind of swimmingly for everybody. Except for all those nice. people who blew up in that nuke, but whatever. Uh, yeah, well, gotta die sometime, right? But, yeah, but let's stick with that. Let's stick with DC for a minute. Uh, what, what other uh, alternate futures do we kind of dig on that are kind of worth mentioning? Well, you know, sticking very much to the Kingdom Come thing and the seminal work alternate futures thing, it's something I'm sure you and I both feel very strongly about. The dark future as imagined by Frank Miller in the 80s that is Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns is, it's hard to rem- it's hard to forget, or hard to remember rather, that it is a dark future. Because it's just so, like, it's hard to imagine it as, like, a future book. It's a wonderfully dated future where people wear visors and listen to boomboxes and it's a 24-hour news cycle. Oh, yeah. The news cycle thing is pretty solid. Like, that at least Miller kind of got... He did predict that. that But you know what's funny? He kind of... He got into that when the... He kind of touched on it, unfortunately, in Dark Knight Strikes Again more accurately. Mm. In uh, in our Dark Knight Returns, the the news cycle is pretty much just the eleven o'clock news. It's just them. Yeah. But they're always they're always reporting. There's all it's constant. So I, I feel like there might be a little bit of a of an interpretation of where the future where the news was going in the future. But yeah, it was in the future. It's, it's more it's more like a show is the thing. It's more entertainment than actual news. He did kind of gravitate to that. Yes, and of course he gave uh, he get, he created his own language. Future that language too. that kids that. all say: slice and dice, Billy Berserk, uh, so Buggin. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic uh, joke. It's like RoboCop. It's like the RoboCop of comic book futures. In as much as Which, it's, ironically, they oh, got the RoboCop guy to voice him in the cartoon. And Frank Miller is the guy who wrote, I think, RoboCop two. 
Was it two or three? Or did he just write three but I then he made he... it into a comic when they threw a script out? I think he wrote both of them, and I think they threw away three and he made it into a, <laughs> into a comic book. Which, by the way, if you've ever read Frank Miller's RoboCop, is a fucking nightmare. Like, I bet. It is, it is almost as crazy as uh, Frank Miller's Terminator RoboCop crossover, which we did a back issues of, which you can catch Cape Joel over here on, which you can click the card above Joel. One of my out. favorite moments. We gotta do something like that again yeah, in the future. So great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Frank Miller is kind of like, he, he is no stranger to doing dark alternate futures, probably because the dude has like an opinion about where people are headed. Absolutely. Although it's it's funny, you know, even when you go back and look at that now, when you look at how he's portraying the mutants, even back then as a younger man, it reeked very much like, you damn kids get off my lawn with your music and your mohawks and your slants. Yes. I don't understand. No, oh, the, 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 the demonized bad children of the future were people who blazed their own trail. Yeah. And the good... Sympathetic children of the future are those who revere and like us uh, uh, deify the like the old guard. So much to the point, Batman even says he was a good soldier. He honored me. Oh my god! And we're in a place right now. Dark Knight Three: The Master Race. I think that Frank Miller is going to have Batman bang Carrie Kelly now that he's young again. Oh my god! <laughs> is he young again? I quit like oh, five issues. Oh my in. god, it is spectacular. I'm this we get to like issue seven and I'm like, okay. I mean I'm still gonna buy it because I have to do a back issues on it, but like, okay. And then we get to this moment, I'm like, oh, we've picked back up again. And I when I say pick back up again, I mean like I I can honestly say I don't know what you're gonna do here, Frank, but I have a feeling. But also, I don't think Frank actually is writing it. I think it's still Brian Azzarello. Right, um, he's doing the bulk, but they just put Frank's name on that it. That said, Brian Azzarello hates superheroes, and he really hates those characters. So the fact that anyone is coming out on top might be an inkling that Frank Miller might be in some way re like <laughs> referring to it. Might be might be in some way uh, influencing the book in some way. Who knows? But uh, could but, go yeah. either way. It'll go either way. But yeah, I. I I don't like DC Futures. I'm always like, except for the Dark Knight Future, and only because it's a great tome that reminds me about, like, what the true essence of Batman is. It's not, for me, I'm not like, ooh, I need to go visit the dark alternate, like, 80s-ified future where Ronald mm. Reagan is still president. Uh, you know, no, I, I don't I don't look at it that way. But, like, I'm never really impressed with DC's alternate futures. Like, the Legion of Superheroes future is sucks, and it's boring. Yeah. Booster Gold's future is so boring that he had to come back here and be beaten near death just by Doomsday. Hang out with us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there's just... Uh, are there any... I mean, okay. There is one. There is one DC future that I'll bet you are a huge fan of. I'll let you take it, because I think I know... I think you know what we're talking about here. It dovetails directly off of Dark Knight, so... You want, you want it, to take is, it? Is, is it the Batman Beyond? It's Batman Beyond. <laughs> it's I, Batman I Beyond. I do love that future. I hate they fucked it up in the current DC Rebirth thing and made it into a dark, shitty Mad Max future. Like, no, that's not the point. It's supposed to be Akira. Yes, it is It is a Eastern-influenced Gotham. That's what it is. It's Blade uh, Runner, yeah. It's corporate yeah, espionage. It's, it's all Runner. this other stuff. It's Bat Runner. That is what Batman Beyond should be. And what's totally funny is, bad. and we've talked about this before, the, the fact that Batman Beyond is so specific and so well like illustrated when it's funny that Tim and Deanie had no idea what they were doing 
They, they were, did it by accident. They created a great future DC universe wholly by accident. They created the Justice League Beyond in that show, and the Justice League Beyond are now canon. As an afterthought, like, oh, I guess, uh, what do you think? Uh, Junior Dalai Lama kid is the Green Lantern? Oh, uh, sure. Hawkman, but he's like, uh, whatever, I don't care. And uh, well, what else we got? Big Bart is in there. She's Wonder Woman, but Big Bart is kid. Uh, fine. Yeah, you know, B Big Bart, she doesn't die or anything, so, you know, she can be on the team. Boom. And, uh, and I guess Aquaman and Mira had to have a kid at some point, too. Uh, what about uh, what about an Aqua girl? Yeah, it could be like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, we'll put her in there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, of course, uh, our Batman is the smartest and coolest. Oh, and Superman, and he can be voiced by the dude who played Jor-El in the animated series because that's what Superman would sound like in the future. Holy crap, what forethought. What, ama what amazing brilliance on that regard. I was, they, I was they make blown it, away. They make it look easy. And I love, like, all this time in the future, how his Superman changed. He's just got a little gray on the side. Got a little bit of gray. He's a little, he's got, he has the lines that the George Newbern Justice League of America, or Justice League cartoon show Superman would get. Uh, yeah, just amazing. Oh, it, do, you, do you remember that episode... <laughs> You Did know you, I do. You've watched every episode. Have you seen it with the commentary where they like they talk about the one the one where they introduce the Justice League like yes. of the future and Superman is flying after he's of course been manipulated. I think he's been taken over by uh, Starro. Yes, and uh, which is a great pull from the animated series beforehand. Yeah. So uh, Superman is in hot pursuit of Batman in the Batmobile, and you hear and it's the only time they play the Superman theme, but they play it. With like on on the minor chords instead, and they it's do it creepy and distorted. It's it's wrong. They did it wrong. Like they they move the keys over to an un uncomfortable key register, and so it's like bah, 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 and you're like, oh no! And I'm like, it, oh, I, I didn't it, notice it, but my brain did. It's even better in that episode too, because he's flying like ramrod stiff after him. Yep. Too. No no joy. No no hero, no heroism. Just just a straight up bullet. Awesome. Speaking, speaking of future Superman, this this speaks to an idea that they play with sometimes in the future. Obviously, Superman is going to outlive all of his friends and family because of that Kryptonian DNA, and that's that's a tragedy. What I like about the Beyond Superman, they went into this in the comic. They never did this in any of the TV shows, but it's this idea that he eventually had to leave the Clark Kent identity behind yeah. to go full like Highlander. And that is, well, people are going to start asking questions if Clark Kent has lived as long. So he got a new identity. But with that new identity, he got a new job. He became a future firefighter. Okay. That's cool. It also, it's like, a great way to exit him out of the... Free oh, he just died in the fire. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like yeah. you can get rid of him that, later. That's exactly what it is. He became a firefighter. He's like, yeah, you know, I found a new way to help people. You know, I spent a bunch of years as a journalist reporting the news. Now I'm, like, one of the real world heroes and a superhero at the same time. I do it all. I dig that. And it also kind of reminds me of... I uh, I think Alex Ross did a... Going back to uh, Kingdom Come, he did, like, a 10-year like a timeline like page just a full page that says like that has like time jumps that tell you the future of the kingdom come story without mm. all that garbage with like the kingdom and like <laughs> all the crossovers and shit no it just tells you what happens and it's like five years later and it's like batman dies and it's like 20 years later and it's like where they fix the the world is full of characters and or super characters and it's just just beautiful but the end of it all Superman is now finally old, and Earth looks like Krypton, and it's the Legion of Superheroes future, ah. and the and the Legion of Superheroes are flying overhead with Superboy, 
because they went back and picked him up, and that's part of and, his And old Superman is just, he's just a face in the crowd, and he looks up and he sees his younger self, and he knows, like, everything's going to be okay. Oh! Just makes me, just, just gives me chills just thinking about it. But, it's a like, nice go look at it. Also, in the Batman funeral, there's bats flying out of this tree, and it's just, oh, cool. it's just amazing. Alex Ross, man, when he's not drawing Spider Man covers, he is just at the top of his game. He really does. He does. Doesn't he do the Mark Waid Avengers covers too? Doesn't he? Do he both? does, and those are cool. Those are certainly cooler than the Spider-Man ones, but mostly because Alex Ross is doing something weird. He's showing you what actually happens in the comic book. Yeah, how on those Spider-Man books is that? Which, like, number one, don't waste Alex Ross on those. Just have him draw really cool shit. Poster quality shit, like shit I want to either hang on my wall or make the background for my pad. Precisely. Uh, but don't make him draw, like, the living brain with Dr. Octopus's face in his eyes. Don't make him draw, like, Spider-Man fighting Silver Sable. Aww. Just draw Spider-Man being cool. And for God's sake, don't draw that awful green glowing spider on his chest. Oh yeah, that the 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 days are numbered on that one. I oh no question. Oh, I mean, like just we know that just from the the teaser image for Spectacular Spider-Man, where Peter's opening his shirt and there's no stupid goddamn green glow, and he's got a mustard stain on his T-shirt, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, and he's also do well. He did the cover for gener for that the teaser image for Generations, but like we oh yeah, which was also pretty sweet. Pretty sweet, very very evocative of Kingdom Come. Yes, but, uh, with but, them all standing together, very last suppery in a yes. way. But you know, it's funny. We were talking about dark alternate futures, and I just mentioned Spider-Man. So I'm going to talk a little bit, and I think, Joel, you should jump in, because I'm sure you're familiar with this universe. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> the year of 2099 in Marvel. What a weird idea, and yet how quintessentially 90s-ified it is. Oh, if yeah. you guys aren't familiar with a thing called cyberpunk... Yep. <laughs> it's a very... never played Shadowrun. Yeah, it's a very niche... Uh, role-playing universe where, uh, actually, if you talk to the Bard, who is a, a friend of this show and a friend of mine uh, on YouTube... Well, we all gotta do a show together. Right? The Bard, man. He, But he'll tell you that cyberpunk is, like, one step away from sword and sorcery and, like, how technology is magic and uh, there's a whole thing there. But, like, the year of 2099 is heavily influenced by this concept of cyberpunk. And uh, this idea of, like, technology being bad, and everyone being addicted to it, and yeah. yet, it was so weird as a kid reading Marvel at the time, and being, like, shown this world, and and, and my and me asking, like, why do I want to be here? Like, what is this? <laughs> a another future that invented its own lingo. Shock it! Mm-hmm. I love that. That's Peter David's invention. Sp Once again, by the way... 2099 Universe invented or launched with Spider-Man, not unlike the Ultimate Universe launched with Spider-Man, yeah. and the only one really worth a damn was Spider-Man. True. Uh, Punisher so much to the point he exists in the main timeline now. Yeah, friggin' uh, what's it called? X-Men 2099, terrible. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Hulk 2099, not very good. Ravage 2099, not not. What the fuck is Ravage, says most people. By the way, little known fact, and they don't really talk about it anymore, but I found this out in an old trade in a, in a Carnage book many, many moons ago. Um, when they were coming up with Carnage for uh, the Spider-Man lore, the original plan was to call him Ravage. Mm. And they said, no, we can't do that because we're creating this bold new character and people are going to lose it for Ravage 2099. <laughs> so we, you, you can't have Ravage because Ravage is going to be in the 2099 universe, and not only will that take off, but Ravage is going to be a breakout character. 
And I think originally they called him they called him Chaos. Then they wanted to go to Ravage, and then they eventually settled on Carnage. And thank God they did, because what a better name than either of those two names. It's true, because like I was gonna say, like really, you know, Ravage Chaos. He sounds like one of those loser symbiotes that they killed off. Yeah, like uh, like Shriek or what? So, no, Shriek is a, actually is Carnage's like girlfriend. No, I'm thinking of Scream. Scream. And, and so forth. Uh, yeah, and of course, everyone's mentioning Doom 2099. Doom 2099, for me, best-looking 2099 character. It had its moments, for Except sure. for Spider-Man. cool image. The Spider-Man 2099 image, best. Doom, one of the coolest. And, I, and Doom 2099 is Doom, like, he's still alive in the future, right? He's still alive. I think alive the idea the was that, because uh, it, was, it was actually tying in with... Uh, what was going on in Fantastic Four at the same time, where Doom, like, lures Reed into a suicide pact, where he and Reed, like, gr like he grabs Reed's hand, and then the both of them are vaporized, and uh, and then Doom awakens in the future, and he's like, oh. and he's and he's fixed, and he's like, f this, I'm taking over, like this is my this is my country, and he becomes pretty much Lord and Master do. of the World. I think Doom wonder like ultimately takes over uh, everything. Right, because in the 2099 future, it's one of those things where it's like you know people are less than people, and corporations rule the corporations. world. You know, what a, what a crazy future, right, where corporations hold all the power in the world? I know how to, hard to imagine, but suspend your disbelief for a moment, because I remember when uh, when I met Dan Slott, the, not the last time, but the only time before that we were chatting it up, and he mentioned, we were, it, was, it was right at the beginning of Superior Spider-Man, and he was like, hey, Alchemix is coming in. Like, we're oh, going to invent shit. Alchemix. And it's gonna be like Allen Chemical and uh, whatever the hell the other company was, and I was like, right, it was it was Liz Allen and it was whatever company was left over from Harry, right? Yeah, right and I'm like, oh my god, you're gonna put Alchemix in here and like imply that 2099 will be the future? F you. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing, well done. They, they they had a long thing with Alchemex, too. Like, again, Peter David, when he was writing that uh, all-new X-Factor book, yeah. their, the CEO of Servile was a time traveler from the year 2099 who came back to escape the maestro because the maestro had taken over 2099. Now, okay, there's a really awesome idea buried in at least Spider-Man 2099, but check this out because... Uh, the the fact that there was like this world where okay it's a dark future everyone's unhappy and miserable and and like corporations run everything and all the have-nots are living in like living in alleys and it, it's just basically Shady Blade Runner downs. but they worship the heroes of the past mm. and Thor is God because he was a god and he's yeah. kind of become the Jesus allegory in the year twenty twenty nine nine where they like. They, they, Thor, damn it, and, like, they believe in Thor, and they, they kind of, like, misunderstand the past, and, like, Thor was the leader, and that all the other superheroes were disciples of <laughs> Thor, and so, like, at one point, Spider-Man, it's very early in the series, Spider-Man, like, uh, is, is, is injured, and, like, a, like, a, what the, a free clinic doctor sees Spider-Man, and he's like, I have to help you, you're the reincarnation of Spider-Man, uh, 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 an, an acolyte of Thor. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's a really cool idea. That's a really cool idea, taking like the, the future of the Marvel Universe and being like, this was an age that is unrivaled. Like, we're in a world where there are no superheroes anymore, and yet we lived in one, and they deified them. And that's such a really cool, neat idea. I never really got in, I never caught the part where Maestro takes over, um, but because Peter David can't help himself but always no, use the maestro and create a 2099, there's no question... 
that like the shitty uh, future imperfect universe is the same universe, and that Maestro is probably just like over there. Um, we should talk it's about just, Future Imperfect because that also is a dark. That's time. another really good one, yeah. Um, Future Imperfect, it for me felt like a throwaway. It just felt like obvious. It was like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Like it's a it's it's a shitty place where like Hulk took over and he's a dick and there's concubines and like barely <laughs> functioning governments. Like got okay, beard. yeah, he's got a beard. Uh, I, I think it was just. There's okay. I don't really care for dark futures that don't have that aren't fully realized or that only service like the one character they're like trying to do. Like Future Imperfect mm. is a like, fun, ridiculous story, and it's about like the the potential evil of the Hulk. Yeah, be it's, like you know, hey, if, if he was able to marry his smarts and his amazing strength, he would be unstoppable. He could bend the whole world to his will. Exactly. It, but it's not he's on the side of the angels. It's not about like the rich, deep history that the world. Like evil Hulk brings about, you know, like so his future kind of is boring and bland. It's very obvious for me, um, but uh, but yeah, I, it is a dark future. But it's more about the dark Hulk future than it is yeah. about about the future itself, about the 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 framework, you know. Like uh, I'm thinking about like like Days of Future Past is a pretty realized dark future that has like I'm, structure and you kind of can definitely. figure out where where it's going with. And rules and everything. And, yeah. you know, now that rules. you've mentioned Days of Future Past, the X-Men probably have more dark alternate futures than just about anybody else. Or futures. No question. Oh, no. X-Men are responsible for all the dark futures in pretty much all of Marvel. And yet, what's amazing is no superheroes survive in them except for, like, Hawkeye. Yeah. And only in one of them. And only in one of them. But, yeah, there's Days of Future Past. Uh... There's the Age of Apocalypse, which is an alternate future, even though it's kind of an alternate present because everybody's kind of the same age. Um, House of M, alternate reality, yeah. though. I think that's. I don't think. I don't know if that's future. It's an alternate there's, reality. Th there's the X Men Marvel Noir, which is technically an alternate past, but still, mm -hmm. the X Men just cannot help but fuck with past, present, and future. It's true. It's true. Um, a few people in the chat are reminding me about the MC2 universe, which mm. which is only service to allow Spider Gwen to exist, or I'm sorry, Spider Girl to exist, May May Day Parker. Um, Which even now she doesn't because it's Annie Mae Parker who's kind of taking she her She still place. exists! They still, like, because after Spider-Verse they established, like, Peter Parker may be dead and so he can't be happy, but Uncle Ben of another alternate reality with spider That's powers... right. Jumps Earth to hang out with her. Lives with them and she's still a superhero. That universe got so damn complicated with all the, with all, with the clones and the symbiotes, I was like, get out of here! I don't want to get out, get out of here. Because that first volume of Spider-Girl is actually really, really freaking solid. It's a solid mm, alternate right. future, and it makes sense. It's a logical kind of, like, closure point. You know, you got Peter Parker, he works for the, he works for the police department, and he's, he's yeah. crippled because he can't be, so he can't be Spider-Man anymore, but because he works for the police department, he can use his spider sense to, like, pick out people in a lineup, and he can, like, and he's a scientist, or he's a forensic expert, or something like that. Um, so, somewhere out there, I can hear the ears of our friend Kamaguno burning right now. Are you talking about Mayday Parker? Are you talking about Spider? <laughs> Are you talking about Earth like six one two? Me <laughs> says Kamaguno. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like the problem is that that future doesn't have legs. Like the Avengers team blows. <laughs> Just totally not worth reading. Uh, Mayday's cool. Her clone isn't. And neither any of the other characters. Yeah. yeah. Like Dark Devil. Pass. Um, 
another thing about alternate futures is the characters that come from them. Like, uh, I'm thinking about specifically, like, Kamandi, the... Uh, yes, Kamandi at World's End, of course. DC's take on, like, a planet of the apes. What if men were beasts and beasts were men? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a weird idea. But, like, came in a time when it was just... It was, it was supported by a system of fluid-filled ideas that just... <laughs> And the writers movie. love it. Writers keep revisiting it. Hell, uh, what is it? Uh, Multiversity, Grant Morrison's thing, and here's a whole story about Kamandi. Oh, to the point where in, uh, what's it called? Final, uh, Final Crisis. Like, it, like the, the culmination point takes place in a, in a center called Command D. Yep. Shut up. Writers love that kid. He's, he's like Huck Finn of the Apocalypse, man. Yeah, that's a cool, I guess that's an okay pitch. Riding up river in his thing, he's got a. T- who's his buddy? He's got like a tiger buddy. He's got a tiger he? buddy, but it's not K. It's not. Uh, it's not the Kazar tiger. It's another tiger. It's a different sort of tiger. Heck, even Kamandi gets an even darker future because there's uh, you know, obviously of course Kamandi. Then there's Kamandi at Earth's End, which is like a take on the Superman yeah. at Earth's End thing. There, where it's like, what if there was an even further more fucked up DC universe? Yeah, but not to be outdone, Marvel has their own kind of Kamandi kind of character named Killraven, who uh, people also love to use uh, and refer to. Killraven, of course, bizarre character that people love to Very. like bust out. Um, I think that Neil Adams worked on him. I don't remember offhand, know. but uh, he's like a cyborg bounty hunter. How cool is that? He's just Conan, but he fights robots. It's it's Magnus the Robot Fighter meets Conan and Marvel. Ah, um, I, by the way, keep an eye out for I think not not Kill Raven, but uh, Archon, who's basically just Conan in the Marvel universe, <laughs> and his reference in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Which is played really? by he will be played by Simon Williams, aka Nathan Fillion. No shit. Uh, in a like movie, in like a cool Conan the Barbarian movie called Archon, whatever the hell. But uh, That's neat. Cool. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, oh, I, I had so many in my head, I can't remember them now. Uh, what are some other goes? Oh, uh, I guess Marvel the End when they yeah! tried that for a while. That sucks. That book. <laughs> Well, I was going to say all of them. I mean, obviously, I remember Punisher, oh. the end, where he's in jail, and, like, he has a chance to save the world because he finds a bunker filled with, like, all the captains of industry and the millionaires, and he's just like, nope. Oh, that was that was so agenda-driven, it was, like, it wasn't even a... It was clearly not even a Punisher story. It was just Garth Ennis getting his demons out about, like, his opinions about the Bush administration. Definitely. Frustrating as hell. It was very, it's very strange love meets Garth Ennis. If you ever it, want to read it, it, really was. Which I mean, it, obviously not everyone's cup of tea. That's the one I remember. I remember the Hulk, the end, where it's like Banner is the last one on Earth, last continually man. trying to kill himself, but he can't because the Hulk keeps saving him. Yep, and he's uh, and he's like tormented by an alien probe that's like, we will move in when all of humanity's dead, which is in- which includes you. And it, like he's following him around. Ah, that's a Hulk. The end is way better than Punisher. The end. It um, is. And. Wolverine the end sucks. We did a full back issues on it. Man, what a waste of time. Sure did. Um, and of course, uh, X-Men the end, which ironically wouldn't end, written by Claremont. <laughs> did you ever read X-Men the end? Because I couldn't finish it. It was really No, rough. I think I skipped that one. It was, th- it was like three books long. So like, book, really? book one, issue seven. Like, book two, issue seven. It was an unbelievable sprawling Game of Thrones-esque epic that ended Jesus. that ended on a like high note not a high note on like a, on a happy note and wouldn't and didn't end 
like boo speaking of last man on earth stories in the future they did a really good one in justice league with superman and vandal savage when they like go to the end of such a great episode that's the death of superman plus alternate future superman that's great superman fights wolves and makes like skin out of their clothing sure does makes friends with a like with an insane vandal savage who's like hey you want to sleep over at my house like oh that's such a great episode that's a beautiful take on vandal savage because he would be the last one as the series had set up into that point he is unkillable and at the end he'll only have thousands of years to try and live alone and have to come to terms with all the evil that he did yeah realize that there's a you know, there's another alternate future. I think it's uh, Injustice League where uh, the Axis powers win World War II. Oh, yes, that's right. Also, thanks to Vandal Savage. Yep. Oh, God, that's right. Man, that's awesome. That's a great show. You should watch it. You should. And then when Vandal fails, the like Third Reich is like, what do we do now? Unfreeze Hitler, I guess. Right. Oh, my God. Um, people are reminding us about Earth-X, which is like a poor man's kingdom come. Man, Earth-X is just... It's a great... It's it's a great idea that Wizard Magazine had mm-hmm. that just doesn't deliver. I think yeah. it, it's it's a dark alternate future. What if everybody had superpowers? Well, how'd they get them? Well, there's some dispute about that, and uh, <laughs> but but ultimately the Earth itself is like a celestial egg and blah. Like oh, it's just there's no really good exploration of character or about hum- about humanity in there. It's just kind of like. It's just Kurt Busiek kind of, like, jerking off to the Marvel's Pantheon, like, which is cool, I guess, uh, you know, because Kurt Busiek's a talented writer, but, uh, but, pff, I don't have, we, I don't have patience. We also it. can't talk about, like, dark alternate futures because it's so huge right now. The dark alternate future of Logan the movie and Old Man Logan the comic. Old Man Logan is one of people's favorite alternate futures, which is... The which, bad guys win. Bad guys win, and, and and Old Man Logan is uh, is Unforgiven. If you ever watch Unforgiven starring Clint Eastwood, you'll go, oh, it's Old Man Logan, or vice versa. If you watched Unforgiven and then read Old Man Logan, went, oh, it's Unforfreaking Given, way to go. Um, hilariously, in the Logan movie, they're watching Shane, where I'm like, ah, could you not get the rights to Unforgiven, or would that be too on the nose well, if you're uh, watching a Clint Eastwood movie? They want, because the, the theming is different. Unforgiven is. is a different theme, it works for that for that one, but, uh, you know, yeah. Also, fuck you, Paulo. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, the the theming for Shane and Logan works, I think. It, it's, it is kind of funny that they don't make that reference, but yeah. Well, you need that great funeral scene, so Laura at the very end of the movie. Yeah, no, it's 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 also cool because they don't tell you that it's Shane. Like they don't tell you the movie. They just if you know it's the movie, it's that like that's the movie. If if they did come back, Shane come back, people would know. But they do the, Bingo. They do the other scene. Exactly, they give you the other scene. No, it's cool. But uh, yeah, so let's see what else is going on here. Uh, I'm trying to think of other alternate futures that that like kind of are near and dear to my heart that I kind of remember and really enjoy. There's, um, there's so many freaking X Men ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, do you want to talk about Futures End? You know what? I guess we have to, don't we? What a pile of shit that one was. Just across the board. I read everything that came out from that in an act of what can only be called nerd sadism. Yeah, I did not bother. But, uh, I did not bother. But don't worry, because the population sent me every volume! I saw. So one day I'll read it, and then I'll talk about it. The core concept was an interesting idea. 
and I can see that this was them testing the ground for what they would have done. Had this worked, we probably wouldn't have gotten DCU. We probably would have gotten something different. The idea was we had our main Earth over here. We had the Earth 2 heroes over here in their own book. Yep. They were each having huge cataclysms. And the idea is, well, what if we integrated the Earth 2 heroes that we've set up into the main Earth? Because, you know, their Earth got destroyed. Oh, but then we'd have all these doubles we'd have to deal with. We'd have to do all this other stuff. Well, what if we just jumped ahead a bunch of time <laughs> and saw what the world would be like if they were already integrated together and people had doubles and you had to register as a double and, you know, you had these heroes filling voids that were left behind. So, like, good Green Arrow teams up with good Roy Harper from Earth 2 and they're doing, like, the team thing you always wanted because, well, we fucked up Arsenal. Yeah. And they're doing a bunch of stuff like that. And then in the end, they don't pull the trigger on it because then they just do convergence. Like, did we say we were going to fuse the universes? Yeah, that's a bad idea. Let's not fuse the universes. <laughs> and they do that other thing, too, where, like, oh, Superman went away. And so Shazam started dressing up like Superman because people kind of like that when we did that before when Shazam was in a Superman-ish role. So let's just do that. Yeah. And then, like, a million other mini plots that go nowhere. Like, they they created a godchild. You know, Kovic the godchild yeah. in Marvel? DC had their own godchild named 50 Sue, which I can only assume was Azarello again being an asshole and making a reference to 52. <laughs> Get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who had the power to shape the universe and do amazing things, and she was very, like, Twilight Zone. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to make you go to the cornfield again. Oh, great. Type of character. And you're like, well, she's going to do something big and important, right? She's going to defeat the coming of Brainiac? No. No. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything the whole book. They created a whole god character and then did nothing with that character. And it's it's such a writing nightmare, too, because it had, like, 12 writers. And it got to a point where they're like, well, this story's unsalvageable. And I swear they just kept trying to make it harder for the next person who had to jump on. Right. Oh, they just... They, it was like a writing exercise. Like, okay, let's yeah. put him into this place, and then it can't possibly get any worse. Then, wham. It, it was broken telephone. The point that sticks out to me is uh, uh, Grifter, because Grifter is actually a big part of Future's End, if you can fucking believe it. I had it. heard that, but, uh, but like, they, you know it's funny? They tried to make him a big part of uh, Flashpoint as well, and then they, they didn't did. do anything with that. The, the, the idea being uh, Gr Grifter's abilities that let him see Daemonites, that let him see aliens, also lets him see Earth 2 doubles. Oh my because God. reasons. Okay, I mean, like, but to what end? Who cares? I, I don't know. So he can do that, and he's like babysitting 50 Sue, and they lose their important tech guy like five issues back, and they need to find him again for the story. So he literally just happens to be walking the same street as them. Oh, hey, it's you. Let's go do the thing. And I'm like, and that's the point where they all stop trying. <laughs> Let's just finish this. Let's just get this to the end of it. God, that was a bad story. Now, that being said, the main story was terrible. There were some slightly interesting, like, tie-ins where it's like, hey, where would your favorite hero be in this Future's End universe? The one that really stuck out to me was Grayson, actually, mm. of all the books, because this was still the time when he was a spy, and they say in the future him and the other spiral agents were sent to uh, infiltrate the Russian government because KGBs had been elected prime minister of Russia. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, I remember, I remember this now. And they knew that was going to be bad, but then, like, the Parademon army comes, and, you know, Spiral falls. So basically, 
Grayson and his buddy Helena Bertinelli are stuck in Russia now mm -hmm. and are stuck pretending to be these agents that they're not and we check in with them like a decade later and they're old and tired and KG Beast is going to drop the nuke or something and like a broken down tired Dick Grayson with no hope left just kills him to save what's left of a world that's already kind of fucked. Right. Sweet. Well, what a cool story. Hey, you know what I remember? Uh, Exiles. Oh, yeah, yeah, Exiles. There was one. Sliders of the Marvel Universe. Neat idea that just really went off the rails. Like, and it, and it goes off the rails in such a way where you're like, oh. Like, it's really cool. And it's like kind of a cohesive, really simple idea. And then it just goes, oh. <laughs> like, either they switch writers or somebody just loses steam. But... It's just a great idea. Like, oh, we'll take these characters from, like, all these different realities and put them all on one team, and they have to, like, go slide between different realities to, and basically it's a quantum leap, and, you know, you're like, oh, this is a kind of a cool idea, and then they just, like, they keep people die, and they pick up new characters, and, like, there's inner, like, inner team romance, and, like, there's a question about who the guy is who runs the, who, who's, like, the god of that universe who, like, right. brought the team together, and you're just like... It just gets away from itself to the point where it's an unrecognizable team by the end of it, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh, I hate it when that happens." But this isn't the team I was reading about. I don't, I, I don't want to read that. And it was also the only opportunity you had to like Blink because everybody's like, "Oh man, I love Blink." Yeah, what's her? What's your favorite thing she did in Age of Apocalypse besides stop existing? Because like she didn't do <laughs> anything; she just looked cool. And then finally, they're like, "Blink." Finally, here's a reason to like her because she actually does shit. And then well, they get rid of her. And you're like, with ah! Sabretooth for a bit. Wasn't that her thing? No, uh, uh, yeah. Well, and Wild Child. Yeah. Well, right. That's yeah. But and uh, and of course, like uh, Morph was a breakout character, and they made him like. But they didn't make him anything like the cartoon version. They made him more like ridiculous, and he was like the slapstick slash mix right. your spit lick slash plastic. He was the plastic man of the team. There you go. Speaking of uh, speaking of Wild Child, because you brought him up, not me. Uh, Cullen Bunn on his Twitter was like, "Hey everyone, so we brought Jimmy Hudson over from the Ultimate Universe. Great. Uh, I have a I have a name in mind for him, but just for fun, what to, what should we call him? Twitter Universe. And of course, most people were saying stupid names. Where it's like, ah, Jimmy Claus. That should be his name. Mm -hmm. And I said, there, I'm like, hey, is Kyle Gibney still alive? Does anyone own the rights to Wild Child? You should call him Wild Child, both as a fun reference and because he is the child of another era. Right? I'll take that. I mean, like, since I don't want him there at all, he might as well have, the like, a silly-ass name from Age of Apocalypse. Just give it to him, why not? It's like, hey, you know who you are, Jimmy? You're a Wild Child. You're a Wild Child. And then he can be drawn by Joe Mad, and it'll just be awesome-looking. Um, <laughs> is, is there any picture of that character where he's not just like, gah, snarl, Well, no, what would be the point of drawing him otherwise? Because then he'd be nothing if he didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then you get into, there's many, many more that, like, that you get to see that, you know, like, uh, that, but they're not really that fleshed out. It, I, I like looking at alternate futures because, of course, it's a reflection of the time from, from which it came, and... You know, alternate futures are a fun way to kind of explore, like, what happened to those characters? Because they're never, they're never going to age. You know, you're never going to see, like, yeah. Spider-Man at the age of 50. Unless you're reading that really, really depressing book. Spider-Man Reign. Spider-Man Reign. Or I was thinking of the other one, actually. It's funny. You should say that. But I was thinking of that. There was a... Might have been a Secret Wars tie-in, but it was just where they, like, they got to get the band back together. And, like, so Spider-Man and, like, Wolverine and Ghost Rider team up. And 
then he dies, and you're like, ugh, what the hell happened well, we, here? We gotta talk about Rain, though. Rain was very oh, much... Oh, yeah! And we could actually just talk about Spider-Man Rain! We could, because it's, it's totally just them being like, hey, let's do Dark Knight Returns, but for Spider-Man. Literally. Which, like, I always have maintained, you can't just Dark Knight Returnsify anything you want. Dark Knight Returns is an examination of Batman... And the reason why Batman wasn't working is because characters weren't, or because creators were not like paying attention to who Batman was. And it was Frank Miller who distilled Batman in its purest form and gave us an alternate future where we look at like Batman under the microscope and say like, this is really who he is, or this is one interpretation of who he is. You can't just go like, well, what if like it was Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man is a totally different character with a completely different op, like or outlook. You oh, yeah. can't like, well, but but what if, but but what if his guilt resulted in the death of his wife? Like, well, I guess that's like, yeah. I guess you can get to the place of that, but like, because the you know, okay, Dark Knight Returns skips skips some corners and or cuts some corners and skips a couple stones to get to a point where uh, we we get to the interesting parts. And you need some leaps in logic, but for the most part, they are natural and obvious. They, or at least yeah. they are, they're, they're logical. With Spider-Man Rain, all the random crap that you have to skip over to get to, like, okay, so they build this thing that's going to cover the, the city, and okay, uh, also Venom took over, and also the Sinister City. Like, there's so many random things that you have to, like, accept totally. to get there that it's it's just a waste. And then, of it, course, the, it, yeah. And it's another thing, too, where it's like, hey, do you have your dystopian future checklist there? You know, hey, corporations rule the world. Police are super, you know, Aggressive and, and brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, of course, he has to have a dark version of the costume. Boom. Like, uh, all the characters who normally wouldn't murder everybody murder people. Like, you know, it's just a really weird, dark, stupid, like, indulgent series that, like, I can imagine somebody, like, I can imagine, I think Kari Andrews wrote that. Yes, he did. Uh, and he was like, hey, Dark Knight Returns Sp Spider-Man. And Marvel went, we'll make a boatload of cash. Why not? And so, which, for that book, Harry Andrews, that and what he did to Iron Fist, which was equally dark and dystopian for no reason, he is forever on my shit list because of those two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that's a, But like my point being that Spider-Man Reign barely qualifies as a dark future because no thought and effort went into <laughs> it. Um, I will say that everybody, like everyone on the couch for back issues, and every and, and even myself, loved the idea of zombie Doc Ock. Oh yeah, how could you? That the arms survive and they just carry his rotting corpse around. Cool idea. You'll never get that execution unless you were to have done it. Maybe in the '90s when uh, Kane killed Doc Ock and he's actually dead, and then you can resurrect him by just having it be really gross. But I don't know about the Comics Code Authority, Pat, like, really signing off on that back then. I'm, I'm thinking, too, because we covered a bunch of comic ones. We covered some from the cartoons. Uh, speaking of another fairly interesting cartoon, I don't know if you ever watched the Dark Future episode they did of uh, that Teen Titans show. The good one, not Go. Yes, I did, where, uh, where he's Nightwing. Yeah, that was the big takeaway from that. Hey, he finally got to be Nightwing, everybody. Look at that. Yeah, I think, what, is it Starfire dies, and but she goes in the future, and that's the idea, is that, like, she disappears, and so I think she dies, and so she's, hmm. she's like, the Flash uh, plot device. So she Basically, goes, yeah. She goes to the future, and then she comes back, and she tells them everything, and then Robin's like, Nightwing, eh? That's a cool name. 
I'll file that away for later and get me a big disco collar to go with it. Yeah, and I want to show off my pecs. <laughs> uh, Young Justice had a similarly really good one with Impulse in a dark future wherein the Blue Beetle villains, the Reach, have taken over the world. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like that one. Uh, did the Turtles ever do a dark dystopian future? I figure they must have. They've I think done they everything. did. I think they did. Definitely in the comics, but I think they did in some form of animation. Um... But I, I don't recall offhand. I, no, it's not like a, a favorite episode of mine. It's more like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, Heroes, here's one for you. Heroes God. Dark Future was better than the main show universe. Why could we not have just lived in that cool future? Right? No, that is, I completely agree. Um, and that was always the promise of Heroes that kept me watching through those first couple seasons. Yeah, but we might get here at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but we never did. Um... The uh, the funny thing is, you know, for the most part, I like dark futures when they're fleshed out, when they're actualized, when they make sense, when they're logical, and when like we want to see something, like we want to see some like some kind of realization or actualization of a character. But then there's some dark futures or some just alternate futures that are that exist for the sole purpose of being a parody of modern times, and you can't get Gargoyles any. Gargoyles did a really good dark. Future they did episode. do one, but uh, they did do they did do dark future. That was cool. Um, I mean, animation, you could definitely just jump into it. I think um, every great cartoon has had a dark dystopian future episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but the one I'm thinking of specifically, the comic that I'm thinking of that has a dark dystopian future is Judge Dredd. Yeah, that's the whole thing, yeah. That's the whole thing, is that it's, it's, a, it's, it's us looking at the lens of America, of American culture through, like, a British cynical future lens and it's a neat idea and it's a fun examination of like totalitarianism and capitalism gone wrong and whatnot i mean like and what's great is you get three different versions of it you get the comic which has several different like avenues to explore you could talk about classism you could talk about uh you know totalitarian like police forcing you could talk about Mm -hmm. society um and of course they talk about magic and other random crap uh but then you could also talk about like the dread movie the 3d one that's really awesome where it's actually like kind of uh like a like a legitimate movie (laughs) is is v for vendetta considered the future too i guess it's yeah yeah v is the future yeah, these are also the future. And of course, and I'll, I'll you know, Jason Inman and, De- and I definitely agree with each other on this one. I don't know about you, Joel, but I, I like V the movie more than the comic. V the movie is cool. V the movie doesn't get near enough credit. I can understand why people are about the comic, but I like the movie as well. Yeah. Uh, well, they and I think they have two different messages and they talk about two different things. So you, they, they, really they can they can coexist. But I like V because it also it was it was. It's also very cemented in whatever time it came from, like 2003 totally. or 5 or whatever. Maybe very seven. Bush administration. Yeah, very, yeah. B- very Bush administration. Very, like, that opinion about the Bush administration. So you're like, okay, if you agree or you disagree, then this is going to be a very relevant movie for you. Which uh, is funny looking back on that. Now I'm like, oh, how quaint. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if, like, there'll be a resurgence of V. Unfortunately, the... The only, like, long-standing thing to have happened from V is the anonymous masks. That's right. Which is like, oh, that's too bad. It's also kind of like, I I get the feeling a lot of you don't understand what's actually being said here. Yeah, I don't think you understand what the mask means. But what's funny is Alan Moore's interpretation of what the mask means and, like, the Wachowskis' interpretation of what the mask means are two different things as well. That's true. 
But yeah. Um, uh, the chat also brought up Samurai Jack, which is very Samurai timely because the show is back now, and we're even further in the Samurai. Jack yeah, future. I dig it, man. The last, the most recent episode for me was the best one. I mean, like, yeah, I've, I've been in, lo I've been loving it, but this one, I was like, this is okay. We're getting somewhere now. Getting we're like to see the Scotsman. I love getting to see him again. That was that rocks, and the and the, and the promise of getting to see him again. That's yeah. also I'm a, I'm a goose now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a friggin' forced ghost. Yeah, what the hell? I'm in my prime, and I'm like, that's fine. You do that. Yeah, yeah. And his daughter army, how great is that? He has an army. Oh of my god, they're so great. Tiffany was immediately like that. She was like, she's like, are they the Scots' daughters? Is that all of them? And he's like, yes, they are. Tiffany, thanks for thanks for playing. Bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, like, we could talk for days about, like, different alternate futures. We should make a list of, like, our favorite. Like, just, like, the ones that we want to, like, that are, are the best. We try to touch on, like, just a, there's a myriad of options. You know, movies, cartoons, cool. comics, spe comics specifically. I, I think we did a good job in this one covering a lot, actually. I agree, I agree. Um, we might have talked uh, the, to the, death, the, hopefully. The Futurama but... future, yeah, we haven't talked about comedy future. No! Which I don't necessarily uh, value. I, I, I like them and I enjoy them, but I don't, like, ascribe a lot of, like, time and thought into it. Because, especially with Futurama, because of how self-contradictory uh, it is, um, they don't stick it. You know, they don't stick to their own rules. Especially after it got cancelled and it came back. They were like, ah, we're just happy it's back. We don't need to honor what we did we just have to keep yeah they, they again the show that ironically is set in the future lost a lot of its futurism as time went on yeah like you did a whole episode about a freaking iphone they did eat it they did a whole episode about a susan boyle boil too and i'm like yeah this will age well oh yeah oh no definitely like yeah definitely no one's favorite yeah everyone's favorite episodes are gonna be those they're gonna be the ones that are cemented in time uh, the chat also brings up here the Dragon Ball Z history of Trunks Dark Future, which is also Terminator because the androids won and killed everybody. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, so I have no idea what you're talking about. But it's, it's, it's a great dark future. One of the guys has lost an arm, so he has to do all the kung fu stuff with only one arm. Okay. <laughs> it's cool, and it's short. Nice. Oh, and it's short. It's forgivably and, short. And but, it's uh, short. Or I should say to the point, there's not like 20 minutes of guys charging up. Oh, good. That's nice. Um, of course, you know, there's there's also science fiction futures, but that, I think that's a different thing. That's just science fiction, where it's like Aliens and Terminator and, you know, uh, Blade Runner yeah. and, you know, all that all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, uh, what, what do you think? Let, let's, let's, take, let's do a takeaway. What future out of the ones we've referenced or maybe one that we haven't referenced yet would you rather live in? Oh, man, most of them are horrifying where I know. people are dead. <laughs> I'm trying to think I mean, now. I mean, I guess the Futurama future, maybe at least there's poplars until you find out they're horrible. Mm. Actually, no, the Futurama future has a lot of horrible stuff. It's kind of dark. <laughs> it's a dark future. There's suicide booths. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work out for everybody. No, it really doesn't. Hmm. Man, e even like the really good futures are like, oh, it's really good, but there's a horrible, harsh undercurrent to a lot of it. Right. Exactly. And even some of the other ones, I'm like, Dark Knight Returns... No, a lot of these futures we basically just have now. Yeah, it's we're not really even living in the future. Like, we are in the future, and it's pretty freaking dark. That's a, Well, that's the thing, man. We're always technically coming from the future, because after every minute, another minute happens. Yeah. I guess I'd go with Star Trek, just because it's the safest. 
That's good. Well, see, that that's a whole other thing. That's the future, and it's in space. Yeah. Well, I don't have to be in space. I could I could just live on Risa or Earth. There you go, or any of the other planets. If you're like, no, nah, I'm not going out in space. Yeah. It's comfortable. Hell, f that. No thanks. Nope. The only travel I'll be using is via uh, the, 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 the transport machines, shuttlecraft, and I'm not going to space. Eat it. I'll yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you on that one. Definitely the Star Trek future would be the safest of the futures. Yep, no. Somebody asked about Star Wars. Like, are you kidding? That play, oh, first of all, totalitarian fascist regimes take over seemingly every 20 years. Um, yeah. Magic evil wizards are at the head of those organizations. And every planet is just covered in scumbags with blaster rifles. Pass! They're trying to kill you. You think you're going to be Luke Skywalker? You ain't Luke Skywalker, man. You're Greedo. Yeah, that's the thing. At your very best, you would be a moisture farmer. That's what we would be. We would be moisture farmers. Yes, at the best, you are a you are a smoking skeleton in the bleaching sun of two, uh, the bleaching heat of two suns. I think I think we talked about this on the Star Wars episode, so it's like, what job would you like to have versus what job you would have? Oh yeah. And I think you and I both agree. Where it's like, yeah, you know, we would take our you know our, our Jizz Whalen show on the road <laughs> and we do some podcasting and some music at the cantina. Right. That sounds great. Yeah, we just go in. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. We're over here at the cantina. We're just gonna be chatting up here. You got any requests? Be sure to sh shout them out and uh, please do not shoot us. We are not <laughs> carrying any more than ten credits. I'd be like, hey man, you hear Emperor Palpatine's in the news again? What a jerk, am I right? <laughs> the Stormtroopers no are like, here, right? Yeah. Hey, droids aren't allowed in this bar, are they? Can we make some droids jokes? <laughs> man, isn't it weird that they have emotions, but we treat them like second-class citizens? Whackety-schmackety <laughs> do. But uh, hey, uh, what's happening over at Cape Joel that everybody can look forward to checking out? Don't say Planet of the Apes. No one wants to live in that crappy planet. Unless you're an ape, no one wants to live in that. And future. even then, like, then you find out your whole existence is a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, in that new Planet of the Apes movie that I got coming out, maybe you can be the little girl who looks like she befriends the apes and gets to live okay. Yeah, you, you can be you a pet. Okay. Yeah, you would be a pet to the apes. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's a good dark future. Uh, Rick and Morty, when the dogs take over, I will be the dog <laughs> pet, and I'll have my own little bed. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, J Joel got into the garbage and ate some chocolate. Now he's dying. What do you want to do, Snowball? <laughs> I will do anything to save my human. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my That's god. That's a good future. But uh, yeah, if you head on over to my channel, of course, uh, lots of new comic reviews coming out this week. It was a big week, wasn't it, Sal? Oh yes, it was. I we I normally give like about one or two re like recommendations per week on, on episodes off the rack, which you should watch because it's a great episode. Um, but I had like four or five, and then I woke up really early this morning just so that I wouldn't be spoiled on Batman number twenty one and Secret Empire number yep. zero. I bought them. I actually pre-ordered them on Comixology like last night, and then I woke up this morning and then I read them really quick so that no one would ruin it for me. Good and idea. then I forgot that like Superman came out, Super Sons came out, like yeah, yeah. All Star Batman. I was like, all these other books are out. Ooh crap! I have even more books to read. Hooray! But yeah. Um, I had to wake up early because I had to take my mom to a doctor's appointment. So I got to read every, almost everything, but I read it in the order for Secret Empire. The writer said you're supposed to read it. So USA Avengers, Thunderbolts, New Captain America, and then I'm going to read Secret Empire. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be a busy day. It's a busy day. It's a solid issue, I think. But uh, I'm really thankful that I think Nick Dragota drew this one. Or, yeah. I'm not a, I, I like his art. I'm not a fan of... 
I would not be happy if this was the regular artist on the series. Mm-hmm. But he's not, so I'm totally excited. Just to, j- j- just to pull it back to the button one more time there for a second, without spoiling anything, how funny is it that the writers write about a hockey game? Weird. Are they Canadian? Uh, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, are, is King Canadian and I didn't know it? Or one of these guys Canadian and I didn't know it? Right. Which we now canonically have Gotham City's hockey team is called the Blades. The Blades! And the Metropolis, the... like, muck or mud pickers or some crap? Something like that. And then they make a joke where it's like, yeah, that guy's had it out for the other player ever since he got traded from Central City. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. How come no one's done that book? Like, you have lots of sports anime. How come no one's ever done, like, a sports comic based in the DC or Marvel universe right? with all these different cities? Yeah. Oh, Treehouse just gave me a better idea. I'll take the Demolition Man future. Oh, that's an okay future. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it'll suck only eating Taco Bell, but... Unless you're in England and then you're eating at the Pizza Hut. But, uh... <laughs> oh, that's right. They changed it, didn't they? All over the world. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, here over at Comic Pop, of course, you can check out this episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. It'll be available on audio and on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere where podcasts are listened to. In the next couple of hours, uh, you can catch this, of course, uh, video on Friday. But uh, la- stay tuned later tonight where you can watch... Uh, our Renew Your Vows miniseries from Secret Wars nice. uh, on back issues, which we've just, we really tore into, man. It was just a, it was a slaughter fest. Uh, <laughs> and of course, I want to also direct your attention to the card that's about to come up on the screen because we are celebrating our 50,000 subscriber live stream event on the 28th. That's next Friday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So please come on by, check it out. Uh, we would love to have you. And uh, we're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff, role-playing games, questions and answer, Ooh. unboxings, uh, not of the uh, corporate variety, but rather from the population. It's like, a, oh, it's, it's like an unofficial letters page and all kinds of great stuff. So definitely check out that episode and hang out with us and uh, if you do like unboxings make sure to watch tiffany unbox the skybound image comics central box which is up on the channel right now Um, i watched it it was fun i made it and i liked i liked it very much it's very cool but uh catch us later and we'll see you guys next time Uh, joel thanks a lot for being here of course always a pleasure we'll see you later so long everybody bye-bye